Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the final word after Liverpool lost the game of football, which is really, really poo. Uh, I'm your host, Ross Chanley, because that's what I do now. I host everything because there's nobody else. Um, I'm joined today by James Sutton in the studio and Calum Sanderson at home to pick the bones through this one. Um, James, I know you've already kind of done this today. Um, but these things can be quite cathartic, and that's what I'm hoping to achieve at the end of this. We can stick around for the wins and the 25 unbeaten un 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 runs and enjoy all that, but you have to take your licks and talk through it as well. I am I'm, I'm a, a big advocate of talking about your problems these days, you know? A problem shared is a problem halved. So I think us and the boys and girls at home, we need to treat this as, as therapy, essentially. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk through our problems and, and hopefully we're going to feel a little bit better by the end of it yeah. because, by God, I feel awful right now. And if not, alcohol. is <laughs> <laughs> the answer for that. Um, let's get straight into it then, Callum. Um, no real surprises with the lineup that was presented. We don't have a lot of options. Obviously, there's a catalogue of midfielders that are injured. I think the only debates were kind of Thiago, whether he come in or, or Simicast, but... You know, going up against West Ham, we have to pay full respect to them before the game. We did it on the, on the build-up show. They're in good form. Moyes has got them firing. Someone who's a bit of a meme, but I think the way that they play and the way that he's got that team playing deserve a bit of respect. And again, we didn't have much options to pick from, did we, really? No, we didn't, unfortunately. But, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll get into it, but I think we could have done a bit of variation. Obviously, hindsight is a beautiful thing. And I maybe I wouldn't probably be saying this if we'd won the game, but... Yeah, I think there were a few things we could have done, but it, West Ham were just better than us on the day, I think. What would you have done differently? I think Simic has had to have played. Okay. I think he had to. Um, I love Robbo. I will fight his corner, and I think he's still the best left-back in world football. But if you've got a player out of form and you've got another player who can come in and do a very good job, I think it sends a good message out to the squad. It also allows Robbo to mentally have a break as well. He had the Euros. He had a bad injury. Well, not a bad injury. He had an injury at the beginning of the season as well. He was kind of rushed back straight away from that injury when I don't think we had to. Um, plus, I think we could have maybe changed the formation at points in the game as well rather than sticking with the 4-3-3. Okay, so I'm going to stick with that. I had this plan later on, James, because I think I saw a lot of this at certainly half-time and, and kind of afterwards with Andy Robertson stuff. I think in moments, I don't think his crossing was the best when he doesn't beat the first man. There's a... a there's a build of frustration. I think he did everything right. He got in the right positions. He was offering space and decoys for Sadio Mane. But in his defence, I think that West Ham did a good job of pushing us out wide to the wings and saying, go on in, cross the ball in. We'll just get loads of bodies inside the box, which I don't think is necessarily Robbo's fault. But also, if you look at it, where did Trent play yesterday? Trent played in the middle of the park because mm. what's the fucking point in Trent being right wing and doing the same thing? Whereas I think Robbo's kind of taken one for the team there. Okay, it was poor in moments, but what else was he supposed to do? Yeah, I think I, I mean I, I agree with Callum first and foremost that I think um, I think you have to pay huge respect to West Ham. You know about everything they they went about their their game plan was was kind of perfect, really. You know, it, it kind of it was it was almost a throwback to a, a sort of Mourinho esque mm -hmm. side. You know, of, of playing counter attack football, absolutely flooding the middle of the park, making sure that every time you lose the ball defensively. Your lads are getting straight back into formation, straight back into position, um, and and going, come on, come and have a go at us, come and have a go at us, you know, and then nicking a goal, which which they do early on, and I think, again, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but if that goal doesn't go in as you know in the first five six minutes of the game, then it's a different it's a different kettle of ballpark straight away, 
you know, we're not we're not chasing the game. We're not we're not we're not using all of our energy trying to break down essentially an eleven man defence. And with if you've got Robbo playing out of you know he's again I I agree Robbo's been in he's not been in great form for a while now and every time Simakas has come in he's 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 looked he's looked really 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 good and I think that was the biggest issue for me yesterday was that Klopp has an opportunity to to play an informed player mm-hmm. and to give us a little bit more uh, you know dynamism dynam- dynamism thank you very much dynamism <laughs> so my first you had it you had it you had it you had it yeah you had an opportunity to give us that and, I like and, you mixed up of uh, analogies with Keller Ballpark before I wasn't going to mention that before I thought that had gone under the radar you can have that if no you no want. we got it bro <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah the world is your lobster um, yeah so, you know ultimately hindsight's a wonderful thing we can sit here and pick it apart but West Ham were the better side and mm. I think that you know you have to give them huge credit for that but just sticking with the Simicast stuff mm. my, my point was what would he have done differently because it, all his the, the facets to his game are he gets a crossing but if you're playing West Ham has he not played that because okay his delivery is good his delivery is often quicker and uh, you know first time deeper crosses maybe that's an advantage but to the point where Trent didn't play on the right because it's pointing the playing crosses after cross after cross. That's Simicast's game. So would he have done better than Robbo if he just looked like Robbo, balls into the box? Robbo looks tired. Okay. Robbo mm. looks exhausted, first and foremost. You know, I know he had the injury, but he just looks knackered. Yeah. The Robbo from twelve months ago, the Robbo from eighteen months ago, who was like, you know, was just a machine and could just go week after week after week, is not the Robbo that we've got on the field right now. And Simakas is that player right now. He's full of energy, wants to beat a man. You know, Robbo, for, for for all the for all the hard work and the graft that he puts in, and he does and he does get down to the the, the, the byline a few times. Yes, you know, yesterday, and he does. You know, the, the, there are opportunities to get crosses in, but he just looked he just looked off the pace, and yeah. he looked he, he looked leggy, yeah. which I think you could probably is probably something you could aim at a lot of our players. I think Fabinho yesterday, another one who looked really, really leggy. And you saw, you know, when, when you've got a player of that caliber and that importance, who, who just, you know, had a bit of a stinker, truth yeah. be told. When you've got players of, of such importance who both look knackered, the knock-on effect is what you see. Yeah. And I suppose, Callum, to, to James's point there as well, to the other criticism that I probably throw at Andy Robertson was, you know, James talking about him being spent and being knackered. Because of the way that West Ham played and the way they set up, our transitional play had to be a lot quicker, and it wasn't. Yeah. And often that was Andy Robertson getting the ball in good positions, but then stopping and then coming back or cut, cutting inside yeah. where it should have been. Actually be a bit more aggressive, get to the fucking byline, then with the ball and give yourself the best opportunity to get in behind West Ham because he's like, like James has said. The, the, the second you stop is the second that chance is gone. Yeah, completely agree with that. And again, football is, is played with the fine margins in mind and... I think you're right. If he got the ball a few of those times and he just whipped in the first time cross, it just it basically confuses the, the defending team because they don't know if you're going to continue doing that. You can vary your play as well. One thing in Robbo's defence, though, again, it's going back quite a long time, but in the first 10 minutes of that game yesterday, there are two times where he actually did pull the cross back to the penalty spot both times, and both times there was no Liverpool player there. And For me, a midfielder's got to be breaking into the box and getting on the end of that. Whether they score or not is a different story, but the two passes were absolutely brilliant by Robbo, but no one was in the position to make it count. Were you thinking a Gerrard, a Lampard from back in the day, they would have been on that spot. A Kevin De Bruyne, maybe now a Bruno Fernandes. So we need to have one of our midfielders a bit more switched on and just rather than just expecting one of the front three to get on the end of it, have someone else there just making up a number in the box. So that's the only defence I have for him now. The one time that he did do it, Callum, was I think it was, it was 
late on. I think Trent plays a ball to him. He's over the back. He just goes over Dawson's head, lands on Robbo's boot, and it's first time crossing to Manny. And was probably the only shot on target that I can probably remember mm. from besides the goals yeah. in that game. So it yeah. shows he does get in there at the right times. It's a lovely win. move. Yeah, it was a good move, yeah. Um, right, we haven't even yeah. got to the goal yet. Five minutes in, James. <laughs> um, it, it was quite funny. Me and Errol did the watch song yesterday and uh, watched it on Sky and the graphic came up. Most goals from Corden's West Ham United. It was 2021 at the time. And Errol goes, yeah, that Ogbon is quite good in the air, isn't he? And then fucking goal. It's like, nice, nice one. Nice one, Errol. This, this is all your fault. Um, so... Just a catalogue of errors, I suppose. You know, yeah. they do well to work to work the corner in the first place. Obviously, getting behind Liverpool, but then Liverpool should be aware of that stat and what West Ham do, how they how they set up. There's criticism of Allison. Should he be stronger? People don't like the fact that people put plays on goalkeepers, but I think it's it's sound. It's fair game. Burnley yeah. do it quite a lot. If you can yeah. put your goalkeeper off small margins, as, as Cal mentioned before, you do it. Allison has to do better. Where's but where's our where's our nastiness gone? Why aren't we bodying these players in the box? Mm, and like, do you know what I mean? Absolutely, like absolutely, yeah, man. Like, you know, where where's the nasty streak? Mm -hmm. If you're going to stand on my goalkeeper, I'm going to body you into the back of that net mm -hmm. and move you out of the fucking way. He's, I've got that. Are we too nice later on for something else? One hundred percent. Allison, Allison mistimes his his jump as well. By the way, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's quite. I don't think he's. I don't think he's quite in the air at exactly the right moment. He's coming down. As the he's ball's he's coming in. down, absolutely, as the ball's coming in. But we've got to do better. You know what West Ham are going to do. Mm -hmm. You know from set pieces they're going to be a massive threat. They've got great big grocks up front that can, that can do the business. And you've got to be cute and you've got to be clever. And more importantly, you've got to be nasty. Yeah. We've lost that nasty streak that we used to have. Where we not only were we were we really really um, exciting and fluid, but we could also kick lumps out of players. Yeah. And we've yeah. yeah, we were pricks. We've lost that. Virgil Van Dijk aside, he makes a wonderful tackle. Virgil, oh, Bowen, yeah. oh my yeah. goodness me! I mean, he has to time that to perfection. Yeah. But that aside, I can't think of many other times in that match where our defenders went, "Nah, fuck off! You're not getting anywhere near the goal." On that, I agree completely. Agree with the, especially with the corner stuff. But how do you counter that? Because I get body body people, but if you start putting Van Dyke around Allison and you put John Matip and Fabinho around Allison, are you then creating more of a problem for Allison because then he's got less room for manoeuvre because there's now five six bodies around him rather than just the two? I'm not, a, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a, a goalkeeping coach or a defending coach, but what I would say is we didn't, we didn't used to concede goals like that. This, these were not historical goals that we've conceded during Klopp's tenure. You know, you look at you look at the cities, look at the look at the teams that have scored against us. Mm -hmm. Balls over the you know balls over the top, crosses into the box. These are not opportunities that we used to give teams, and if we did, we just get rid of it. We just boot it and boot them, and we've we've, we've lost that now for, for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, not only that, Callum. Like I was skipping ahead through through this, but we'll just kind of stick with it. Not only did he do it on for the first goal, Declan Rice also gets a, a header on a corner, which hits the crossbar, and then obviously the there's the third yeah. goal. So it's frustrating that you can see that goal in the first place, but then not to have in-game management to then control or, or try to control or fight what is what is about to happen and foresee it is a bit of a concern, isn't it? Yeah, agreed. And again, James is right. You even go back to the Chelsea game. Kai Havertz wins a header at the near post. Even a Norwich game where we got a clean sheet. Cross comes in and Allison has to make it like a triple save. We are giving away situations where 12, 18 months ago, teams wouldn't even have dreamed of like trying to score a goal from a corner against us. Because if you think you're right, Joe Gomez, Matip's there or Virgil's there. Fabinho's tall as well. Henderson's not short. It's like, are we not defending the near post? Do we have to go back to traditional ways and put players on the post? 
But something needs to happen if, again, get a little bit more nasty if you have to. Look, stand on a man's foot if you have to. Make sure he gets no space. But you've got to do something because at the moment it is far too easy for teams to just get space and get a header in and a free header against us from a corner. It, it just shouldn't be happening. No, but also to the point you made before, James, like credit to West Ham. They've, they've, they've spotted a, a weakness mm. in Liverpool there and they've exploited it. And, and not only a weakness to Liverpool, as the, as the stat said, when it came up, it's an advantage for them. They know what they're doing on set pieces. I think uh, mm. Antonio came out afterwards and said, it's David Moyes. I think he said someone someone Neville um, and Kevin Nolan. And as soon as we heard the word Kevin Nolan, I went, fucking course. Of course, of course they've got to set pieces yeah. because he's, he's teaching them that they've worked on these things. And, uh, you know, again... It's naivety. Yeah. It's naivety on our part to go into a game like that and think that that, we're, that, that that's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? You ha- you have you have to avoid those situations. You have to you have to you have to be smarter. You have to be more organised. Whether it is putting somebody on the post, whether it is putting you know having one of our lads closer to Allison to, to to sort of help protect him. Whatever it is that has to happen. The bottom line is you can't be letting their players have free headers mm. in the box. Because that's cause this is who what does that who does that fall on? Is that collective responsibility from the players, the coaching, and Klopp? Because again, the stat stat doesn't lie. West Ham are good at set pieces. Fucking work on it. We've not we've not been great defensively this season. For, no. uh, you know, ultimately, you, you look at the goals that we've conceded. Yes, we, you know we've taken some points, but that's more due to the fact that our attackers have been fantastic and Mo Salah is in the is in the form of his life. But you take that away. And we're weak defensively right now. And I don't really know what's happened. I think the only player that can probably come out of that with any kind of, you know, sort of sort of positivity is probably Virgil van Dijk, who actually doesn't have a particularly bad game yesterday. You know, there's a couple... Oh, Matip of... wasn't terrible either. Matip's not, Matip's not terrible, but... but, but... <laughs> As a defensive partnership yesterday, it just wasn't there. It, yeah. just, it just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's madness. Um, shortly after the goal, Callum Liverpool kind of found their way back into the game, got a, got a feel for the ball. Could have been slightly different uh, post Aaron Cresswell, scissor-kicking Jordan Henderson. The debate's been going on, and there has been a, a picture doing the rounds which kind of shows the, the scissor motion, but obviously doesn't give the full context of the tackle. He goes in for the ball, which to me is needlessly wild. I don't think he has to do that. He's about a yard away from the ball. I think he can get his toe on that and he's got the ball, but he just seems to kind of lunge at it. His foot hits the top of the ball, his foot shoots up and then he loses his balance. Is that a red card for you? Or even a booking? 100%. Or a free kick? Because he's got fucking nothing. Yeah, <laughs> to me that's a red card. And here's the thing. This is the biggest problem I have with football and VAR when it comes to fouls. If a player gets up and walks away, it's seen as, oh, well, it wasn't that bad then, rather than being commended for it. If Henderson lied on the floor and started rolling around, I guarantee you there would have been a situation where the referee would have reacted. And don't get me wrong, Craig Pawson isn't the greatest of referees on a good day. But yesterday with that decision, like you look at the finishing position of where Cresswell lands on Henderson and his studs are on his knee, pretty much. He's off the ground. He's gone over the ball. If that's not a red card, I don't know what it is. Just because Henderson's not rolling around, you have the benefit of looking at VAR. It's not like you have to make these split-second decisions anymore. You actually have a buffer. You have a security blanket. And they still keep on getting these decisions wrong. And again, Cresswell's not a malicious player. It's not like he went out to do him. But just because you don't go out to do someone doesn't mean you can't still do someone. For me, that's a red card. Yeah, the, the intent doesn't really matter in, in these things, does it, James? And no. uh, you know, to the point that uh, Callum's made there, 
one, he's lucky that Henderson isn't rolling around, but also pretty fortunate that his leg wasn't planted because yeah, yeah. it very much felt like yeah. similar to Jordan Pickford on Virgil van Dijk. You know, Pickford, come, he's running, he's got a lot more power behind him and he, he, he jumps off the floor. But like, so this is a motion of going, his leg's planted. He's fucked there. And we've already got a load of midfielders out already. We don't need another one. But to the point, you know, A, is it a red card? And B, yeah. are we fortunate that Henderson's actually got up and walked away from that? Straight straight red card. Yeah. There's no, there, 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 can, there can be no argument. There can yeah. be no, no argument. He, 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 he's, he's so out of control that he, he, not only does he go over the ball, he kind of he kind of slides over the ball and that momentum takes takes his uh, his trailing leg mm-hmm. and, and just g- 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 chops Henderson in half. Yeah. There, 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 there's no argument. There's no complaints. It's, 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 it's a straight red. The referee's fucking... Done us, done us, done us a bad one again. They're all terrible mm. in the Premier League. They are yeah. shy. Yeah. Like, yeah. The fact the one in the Champions League was terrible the other day as well. He was just fucking mental, wasn't he? Yeah, they just, but they, it just, it just doesn't seem to be any sort of process. You know, mm. why aren't they? Why are these referees getting away with such bad decisions on a, on an almost weekly basis? We look, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to. It hasn't happened too many times to us this season thus far. No. But there's examples of it all over the Premier League, and there just doesn't seem to be any process or or comeback. They just, yeah, you can referee a game next week. And and that's the point when you have these conversations. Because that's important to stress. It's not the reason that Liverpool lost the game, by the way. But also when you yeah. when you say that, everyone goes, "Well, what about this for us? What about this for us?" It's, this is a collective thing for the Premier League and yeah. all fans should be really pissed off yeah. at the standard refereeing in this game. And the other thing that annoys me, James, is that is the not only are they overly protected, they don't want to engage in conversation. So I think there was two or three Liverpool players went to want to speak to the referee. I can't remember if it was that instance or another one. And it's just like there's players around talk to him. No, no. No, no, yeah, because no, no. But, and it's like yeah. fucking hell. Help yourself out arrogance. with the conversation. Interact with these people. It is arrogance. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's it's arrogance. Cam's right. And it's, but also they they can hide behind VAR now as well. Mm. You know they can mm. hide. Oh, you know you know VAR said no. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. You know. Oh well. The, the fellow the fellow who's doing the VAR who's hiding in some dark room somewhere away from the, the you know the prying eyes and the cameras can make this decision and I can just hide behind it. It's just there's part of it that just feel it feels like the VAR sometimes is just it's just paying lip service. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, no, 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 we've got this process in place now where it's, we're going to go to a video referee and they're going to make a decision. But it's just, if, 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 if that doesn't work as, in, as intended and players are getting away with reckless t- challenges and players are getting injured, then it's not fit for purpose and the whole thing needs to be looked at. Yeah. Because I don't, I, can't, I, don't, I don't understand a world where a video referee can be sat in a studio watching that on repeat, which we've, we've seen at home. Sound that. Do you know what I mean? And watch, <laughs> he's watched that and gone, I don't see any problem. On what? Yeah. How, on what? On what planet are you on? Yeah. Balance. What's a balance? Um, let's move on from that. Um, chances were quite hard to come by, James. I think the front three struggled throughout the majority of that game. Whether it was due to service, whether it was just due to West Ham defending pretty well, um, Mo Salah finds himself um, in a decent position, and I think he's he's adapted his game and he's got better. And I mean this in the sense of. He used to have like two people around him, and then he, people got onto him. And he got a bit difficult for him. Whereas now he's he's got really good at this close control technical ability. And, and just, his feet are yeah, lightning feet, quick. Yeah, and he's just like he's lightning quick, shifting right the ball around. Where he's got two, three, four people around, he's basically Neo in the Matrix for, yeah. for large parts of that game. And because of, <laughs> because he's done that, he actually wins as a free kick. Which I, ironically, and I've just berated the referee. I thought that free kick was a bit soft. <laughs> <laughs> and he, but he gets in a little political position, and then from that, obviously, we, we score the free kick. And not only that, it's the intelligence between him and Trent to go well actually there's five eight foot players in that wall we're pretty close to the goal this is difficult I'll tell you what we'll just shift it fucking two yards and we'll fucking Trent on top in it yeah it's tricky Mo had a couple of 
uh, there was a couple of times yesterday when 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 he has the ball at his feet and he's you know and he's he's in and around their box and you can see him twisting and turning and he's desperate to get his head up and get that shot off mm-hmm. but he's got four players in front of him and it's going going back to what Callum m- mentioned earlier about the about the speed with which you you, you know you turn defense into attack that yeah. speed and that rhythm if that's lacking and you're giving your op- your your opponent the opportunity to get 10 9 10 men behind the ball Ultimately, it doesn't matter how quick your feet are. If your if your if your brain if the, if our footballing brains aren't aren't quick enough, and we're not making those passes, and Robbo's not uh, finding for, you know uh, Mane or whoever quick enough, it's not really it's not gonna, there's not enough space for Mo Salah to do to do his job. And he can only do so much. And he can yeah. only do so much. And I thought I thought he looked a little bit frustrated by the end of the game, and and, and, and rightly so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's annoying that isn't it, Callum? Because for all the talk of like. It feels like every time we play these t- types of opponents, they're really going to get in all the bodies back and be in defensive shape. Whereas every time that we work really hard to create open an opening, it's like within split seconds, I, I get we have to commit bodies forward to attack to try and get something. But like several times yesterday, we'll, we'll come on to the goals in, in a bit, West Ham created more chances by playing on the counter-attack. And we just seem dead easy to carve open. And it should be the case because we've got some of the world's best defenders at our disposal. Yeah, so I think there's two things with that. I think one, we're a reactive team defensively as opposed to a proactive team. But also another thing I would say is we give tra- we give teams a lot of opportunity to get back and, and shape up against us. I think we slow down our own play sometimes. And obviously 17-18, we're w- way more open. But attacking-wise and 18-19 as well, if we got the ball and a team wasn't set up defensively or defensively structured, we would carve that team open. We'd absolutely piece them apart. Whereas now, I think we get the ball sometimes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, United, we did that this season. But I mean, now we kind of, it feels like we get the ball and we slow play down a lot. And again, maybe that's due to all the different changes we've had in midfield this season as well. A few players out of form. In terms of being defensively reactive though, it feels as though when we lose the ball, that's when we start defending as opposed to thinking right if we lose the ball here even though we've got it if we lose the ball here someone needs to be over there just in case I lose the ball but it seems as though we're very reactive whereas and you said it again West Ham had more chances a lot of people look at possession stats and think oh Liverpool must have controlled the game I don't see it like that West Ham controlled the game because they set up a structure and every time they were able to counter-attack they implemented it so even though we may have had the ball they were still controlling the game because they dictated where we passed the ball and what we were doing with the ball. Yeah, they were happy for us to have it. I mean, and they backed themselves, James. And it, and it can be a dangerous game against Liverpool to say, go on, use up the ball, try and, try and get past us. But they backed themselves. They're tactically astute and, and they've worked well together, shifting from left to right in recent throughout, throughout the season. That they fancy their chances doing that. And that was ultimately the blueprint for last season for a lot of teams. You know, Brighton, Burnley, all these teams that came up against us. Go on, have the ball, just fucking try and get past us. Again, push you out wide, cross the ball in. It's all right, we've got seven foot lads in, in the box here, we'll just head out. And mm-hmm. your chance of, of getting a header in is, is, is diminished rather than us trying to play expansive football like Man United maybe attempted to do out the back and got picked apart. Yeah, if you've, it, it, they've, they, they, it, it sort of feels like West Ham have, have, have got the, the personnel now. To, to play that way with confidence because if you if you if you try and play that way if you try and sit back and go come, just come at us and you haven't got that caliber of player ultimately we, we we will score 
past you. But it feels now like that he's you know they've they've got they've got decent players. They're really well coached. That they look like they're having a great time as well. Yeah. You know more than anything. I, you can't really you can't really criticize it at all, can you? The criticism's got to be leveled at us. And and Cal's absolutely right. That, that that's a really I thought that was a really astute um, way of looking at it, mate. That, that being re- reactive rather than proactive, I think is probably a that's a really that's a really smart way of looking at it. And it's absolutely spot on. Does it's does that fall into Liverpool maybe a bit one-dimensional when it comes to this because again you can recycle possession as much as you want okay we, we mentioned this, the speed and transitional play that we either lack sometimes or we, or we just don't have but as fans I think we try and find solutions to these things and a lot of that was okay I'll put mm-hmm. Thiago on play him you know we didn't have a lot of other options off the bench which isn't necessarily Klopp or the other team's fault but what else are you supposed to do in that I think situation? It's a com- I, think it's a com- I think it's a combination of things I don't think you could I don't think it's one you know specific issue that we've got I think it's I think it's some players are knackered, a la Robbo. Mm-hmm. Um, some players are out of form, or you know, are, are coming back from injury and aren't, you know, aren't, you know, look at uh, yeah, Thiago, you know, coming in no match fitness whatsoever, um, defensive frailties. But but I think it's you know midfield issues first and foremost because when you're playing such a high line and when you've got your fullbacks bombing on and you need that extra bit of protection, there was so there were times yesterday. I mean, who who's their lad who um, was almost one on one and then kind of just fell over. I was four hours or Bowen, or maybe yeah. Ben Rama got a chance to join that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean that. Oh, yeah, Bowen, I think it was, was yeah, Bowen. Yeah, yeah. That was a fa- that was a great opportunity. They had they had a few more. They could have they could have scored more. Yeah, you know there were times where we were we were panic stations, man. And it's and mm. I, it was clever as well because it was like right, let's just keep the ball away from Virgil Van Dijk. If if we if we can attack, but we can we can get space between the ball, our attackers, and Virgil Van Dijk, we've got a real good chance here. Yeah. It was it was smart. It was cute. It was clever, and it was and it was aggressive. Yeah. And they're they're ultimately fundamentals that I think that I think we lacked. You know, and if you have got players that are coming back from injury, have got players that are knackered, have got players that are out of form, you need to you know you you need to go back to basics and do the fundamentals really really well. Yeah. And we just we just weren't there. No, it's also difficult, isn't it, Callum? Because you know, again, you're trying to reason it with the, in your head, and then like if Liverpool keep an extra body back to help out the defense. Then you're lacking one in the attack, and as you said before, you need these extra runners. You need some other other options when they're playing two banks of four or even two banks of five at, at times yesterday. So it's a real difficult balance to try and commit, especially when you're going for you're trying to make it two two at, at the time. I think it was, but Liverpool have been in these positions before; they're experienced enough to know when to handle these situations rightly or wrongly. Yeah, and I think it just comes down to sort of that tactical nous and just in-game management as well. I think, I've, again, I fully agree. Sometimes you you got to take the risk. Other times you need to know when not to. But again, it's a case of changing the pattern of play sometimes. I feel as though sometimes when we're losing, we can become very predictable and we can start spamming crosses, for example. Sometimes you just try and play a one-two, try and do something different. Get someone to have a long shot. Just get their defence thinking differently and just not being so sure about what's going to happen next because even watching it at times yesterday you think all right we're going to get out to the wing and we're going to try and cross it in and West Ham that's their bread and butter but at the same time if you do push someone forward you've got to make sure that the rest of the team know that right we need to be switched on as well so even if one of the midfielders goes forward maybe one of the fullbacks just sits in slightly deeper just in case there's a counter-attack as well so again it's just about that communication as well. Mm. That's something he didn't do for his West Ham second goal, James. Um, Manny loses the ball just inside their half. We'd committed the bodies forward that we were kind of talking about. And I think it's four nows, gets the ball back, gives it to Jarrod Bowen, who bursts through two people, then faced with two more in front of him. Matic then commits himself to the attack as well, which then leaves four nows free. Trent's fucking miles behind. Um, before we actually get to the actual goal, you mentioned it before, being ruthless. 
and kind of being a, a bit harsh. And I have to be really careful of how I word this. But when Jared Bowen's got the ball, fouling, take the cunt out. Yeah, was was my words. And I, 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 don't, I don't mean that. In, I don't mean that in the sense of, of of injuring. But that's how angry I got yesterday. Going. Foul him. Foul him. Foul him. Just like, just push him, a shoulder barge, anything. Not like a, you know, don't go in there to ever harm someone because nobody wants that. You only need, but, to, you only need to clip him. You only need to clip him. Ox, Ox is on him. Like, yeah. and, and he's probably going to get substituted. Okay, Fabinho, maybe doesn't want to get subbed. I think Tom mentioned before, a robber was the other one who'd already, who'd already taken a booking. But someone take charge in, in game management and go, we're in the shit here. Take him out. Yeah, I think I think in the, you know, the, the inquest that will be happening today um, behind closed doors. Looking at looking at the team as a whole and 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 the sort of fragility of the team in in you know in games like this, but equally the, looking at individuals, you know you've Ox has, you've you've got to you've got to make that decision. You've got to take one for the team. You know I thought yesterday just again it, it's exactly it's exactly what Callum was saying. It's all it's it's all reactive. It's it's not it's, there's no speed of thought. There's mm-hmm. no right this this is happening. Right who's behind me? What's going on? You've got to make that snap decision, drag him to the ground. Mm-hmm. Stop that from ever becoming an issue. It's basic. We can't be giving away goals mm-hmm. like that. We just can't. To, to counter that as well actually. Uh, I mean particularly maybe this is the case of Verge van Dijk Callum, you know, he does that thing where he kind of runs back towards goal he's in charge of a situation. Is there a point there where you can say to him put your fucking foot in just 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 take the man out you're you're in danger and I get the the, the you know West Ham set pieces we've spoken about the dangerous set pieces don't give away silly set pieces so they can lump a ball into the box and you, you kind of shooting yourself in the foot in that sense but also when there's a man free maybe maybe Van Dyke doesn't know Matic's committed himself and Fornals is there but ultimately he could he could do that as well you know could say Robbo Ox Fabinho do it defenders just <laughs> take charge of the situation yeah, no, I agree. I mean, watching the goal back, I, I was a little critical of Virgil at first, but watching the goal back, he's actually marking Antonio, but it's four nows who I think sort of runs through on the blind side and no one's mm-hmm. picking him up. But again, I fully agree with you guys. Like, I never go on a pitch to injure someone, but if someone's running away from me, I'm grabbing your shirt, I'm grabbing your shorts, I'm grabbing yeah. your socks. I'm taking a night in the clothing with me. I've got to do something. I cannot just let you run free. You're not Usain Bolt, I'm going to grab something. Like, you're getting clotheslined, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, something's got to happen. And I think another thing that really frustrated me in that goal as well, Matip almost had a 50-50 just before the pass was made and he didn't go in with conviction. I'm like, Matip, you're stronger than that. You've got to clear a man out if you have to and you've just got to make sure that ball doesn't get from A to B. And again, it just was a case of why have West Ham got more runners and we've got going backwards? It just didn't make sense. But it was such a bad goal to give away. And then again... I love Allison to bits. Again, another player who I think is the best in the world in this position. But he's got to save that shot as well, in my opinion. He's got to yeah, save it's it. Poor, it's, poor, not poor. A great, it's not a great shot. But, you know. Hit it early, though. Maybe catches Allison out. But again, to, to Callum's point, he should do a lot better there, shouldn't he? He should, get, he should do a lot better than that. It's, um, yeah, he, look, ultimately, Allison had a really poor game yesterday by his own standards, by anyone's standards, really. I think that he's, yeah. he's arguably at fault for, well, certainly two of their goals. Well, I'm sure we'll get onto the third one in a bit, but um, he's certainly the first two goals he's got to do better. Yeah, 100%. Um, just sticking with the first, the second goal, sorry, James. Um, Jared Bowen does really well to, to burst through and showed a bit of impetus and drive and determination. Someone who we all kind of sneered at in the summer when his name was linked with Liverpool. <laughs> not, I me, really good game. not me. I, I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. 
I'd have been happy. I got slated though. I did get slated. The news broke through as we were doing a live show. And some people kind of pulled a face, and I was like, "I'm I'm done with it with the snobbery on these on these players." Okay, it's not the most exciting name, but there's a reason his name's been picked out. A loop we're interested in is because mm. he provides something. Of, you know, I back our our recruitment team, and you know, uh, Mike Leopards and, and everyone else who's looking at these players. And because you don't know someone that well, and you, when you're getting linked to West Ham players, you go, oh, f- f- "Fuck off! What, what what's going on here?" But West Ham have shown the back end of last season so far this season that they're. Force to be reckoned with maybe is maybe a bit strong, but they're a good side, mm. a good football inside. Jared Bowen showed to me glimpses of yeah good football, glimpses glimpses of being an upgrade on Oxley Chamberlain. There you go then. Truth be told, you know the, the ox of the ox of four five years ago, you know who if you were to if you were to ask somebody what what are his attributes, what does he bring to the team, he'd say well he, he, he he's got a mat, he's got a great engine, he's quick. Both he can use both feet, he can go past the man, he can body a man, he's got a shot on him. That's you know that's exactly what we're talking about when when, when we're describing Bowen right now. Yeah. It might not be the finished article, but to have a player like that in your in your side, you know, I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he's he's, he's a young man. He, what is he? 20, 23 maybe. Yeah, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's see how old he is. He is twenty four. Twenty four. There you are. You see, room for improvement. That's the sort of player right now. Yeah. You know who. You know, a great option off the bench. And ironically, in games like yesterday, we could have done with him. Delicious irony. Yeah. Um, Callum, uh, we mentioned West Ham's chances there. He kept coming. I think Four Niles has another chance, very similar, which Alison says with his foot um, later yeah. on. So again, it's just, it's again, it's the the ease at which teams carve us open. And there was a, a debate going on in our, in our Discord group yesterday saying this has pretty much been coming, this loss. You know, the, I think they highlighted, um, obviously, Brighton, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid. Uh, who else we can see Brentford. We can see the couple of goals against. Do you know what I mean? Our, you know we've highlighted it before. Our defense has not been on form. Maybe we've got away with it, with a few a few wins as much as some of those draws. We should we probably should have won. Like Chelsea, Man City. You could argue we should have those those points in the bag. But when it's coming down to five margins and how close the league table is, I don't know what I can't put my finger on on why we are so easy to carve open. I I can I. Well, I think I can. I spoke okay. like I'm the oracle there. <laughs> I, I think I can. So I think it's to do with the midfield. And I used this analogy the other day, and I, I want to be very, very clear about it. So when we've had our best spell as a Liverpool team, we had Fabinho, Henderson, Gini as the three centre midfielders. Now, they were constantly criticised because they weren't pulling up assist numbers and goal goal contributions. When we look at Barcelona's most successful team, it was Busquets, Xavi and Iniesta. Now, I'll stop and say Hendo and Gini are nowhere as good as Xavi and Iniesta. But what they did do, similar to Xavi and Iniesta, is they would control games. They would strangle the opposition. Their engine would destroy teams. They would cover the fullbacks, but they would also get up and support the front, the front players to provide that extra impetus and attack. What is happening at the moment is since we've lost Genie and where Henderson's been in and out of the team and Fabinho's been injured and in and out of the team, we don't have a solidified midfield. Plus, I think we're lacking a bit of athleticism in there and a player who's just a bit nasty. Now, Fabinho has traits of doing that, but I don't think we're controlling games anymore, which allows teams to get our defence a lot quicker than they were previously, which now puts more pressure on the defence and the goalkeeper, but also puts more pressures on the attackers because every time they get a chance, they feel they have to score. And our attackers are scoring three goals in a game and still not getting a victory sometimes. 
I think there's a massive issue in midfield. I don't know if that needs to be a system change or a personal personal player coming in or something happening. But I think the massive issue is midfield. Nailed it, I reckon. Yep. George, George, I reckon James? I, I, it's always mad because when people go about talking about players that have left, they always go, okay, I can't move on. It's it's, it's done now, it is what it is. But the, the point that Callum makes is, is probably spot on. For all the criticism, criticism that Genie took, he was the engine in that midfield. And, you know, I know you think back to what Genie did best was, you know, as you take the piss out him, but it was for arse out, ball's mine, you're not getting it. And then I'm going to win it, I'm going to knock it five yards, mm. and then we'll construct an attack. Liverpool don't have that in, a, in an Oxley Chamberlain. Or a Tiago, I don't think, and you know. To, to Callum, Callum's on. right to mention the athleticism of the midfield. I yeah. think that's the, for me, I think that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest issue right now, and I think part of it is you know, coming back from injury and being you know Henderson being in and out of the team, and uh, you know obviously I mean Harvey Elliott, I think by this point in the season was they were they were probably hoping would have been a mainstay in that midfield because he was really looking like the, you know like the most exciting sort of you know young young attacking midfielder that we had. Um, to ha- you know, to not have that in the mix, Curtis Jones, another one, you know, another option that we we, we sadly don't have right now, um, and it's that speed of transition as well. You know, that's that's what we're lacking. It's that immediate that that immediate that that just that 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 sort of firework from when they get the ball to to switching it to an, an attack and equally losing the ball and getting straight back into some sort of rigid, yeah. you know, sort of protecting formation for the defence. And if you don't have that. Then you put then you leave yourself at risk. We saw it two or three times yesterday. Brentford fucking did it to us. You know, it's it, these these are these are these are these are these are schoolboy things. Do you know what I mean? But but ultimately, if you don't have the personnel in midfield to to to, to complete the task to the level that, you know that's expected, you know your defense are going to get caught out. And we we saw it yesterday. Mm. There's a comment here, James, from the Crank Damps, who's been a member for um, seven months. Thank you on YouTube. He says Trent constantly gets a free pass for his poor defending because he gets assists. I constantly get attacked from the Liverpool fans. He was out of position a few but, times yesterday. But, yeah, pointing that out, but. Is that necessarily on Trent? Because he is he told to bomb forward in the midfield that you're talking about before is Trent, you bomb forward. It's communication, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's communication, on, on field yeah. communication. You know, you know what Trent's about, you know what Trent's game is, you know what Trent's fucking paid to do. He's not paid to be a defender. Mm-hmm. This constant argument about so and so is a better defender than Trent, so and so is a better fullback than Trent. Trent's job isn't is not defending. Mm-hmm. It's the team's job to defend. Just because Trent's position is is in is you know is on on one side of a back line doesn't mean he's necessarily a defender. It's, it's down to communication. It's in a down to it's down to covering for him. If you know Trent's bombing on, you've someone's got to tuck in. Yeah. Henderson's got to come back. Fabinho's got to, got to be aware of what's going on. And, and if that doesn't happen, then I'm, I'm afraid Trent gets exposed. And it happened a couple of times yesterday. Yeah, and it's mad, isn't it, um, really? Callum? Sorry, because the, I would notice when when Trent was playing yesterday, he picked up a more central position, and Hendo was. The overlap for for Mohamed Salah yeah. often in there, which again is is sound. You get back and get back and defend, but this is the risk you take when you're trying to get a goal and you're playing against a team who's got ten men behind the ball. You have to take these. You have to take these risks, don't you? And you know, a great Hender was basically right wing for the majority of that game. And either Hendo needs to drop back into position, or as Jane says, Hendo needs to do it. You need to pick your moments properly, and Liverpool just didn't do that yesterday. Yeah, again, I fully agree with James there in terms of speaking about Trent um, regards in regarding his job for the team and the fact that some fans, I'm not saying the person who said the comment, by the way, I'm talking about more rival fans will constantly talk about Trent's defending. But in actual fact, you ask any of them if they take Trent and they'd bite your hand off for him. Um, I think one thing I will say is, I think it's more, again, communication, in-game intelligence, because, and again, everyone criticising Milner about him being old and he shouldn't be playing as regularly. Whenever Milner plays and Robbo goes forward, Milner automatically 
covers that left back spot. Nothing comes out of that side when Milner's playing. But and Hendo used to be like that with Trent. So again, I don't know if it's a tactical change from Klopp if he's trying to do something new, but it does feel as though we're always exposed on that side. But at the same time, you can't just tell Trent to sit back when he's our main creator as well. So we've yeah. got a bit of a catch twenty two situation. I tell you what, James. James Milner would have taken Jarrah Bowen out in that situation. Oh, wearing his full kit. <laughs> in James a heartbeat. Take, he takes yeah. the red there. Yeah. <laughs> Spears him. <laughs> yeah, the spear. He's on the floor. Um, we get to uh, another corner, James. Um, oh, Jesus. For West Ham. Another goal. Uh, Zuma completely unmarked. It's just fucking embarrassing. Trent just, like... Nobody picks him up. No. Nobody picks him up. I, 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 I just, I, I don't understand. I, I, I don't understand. I watched it back, and I mean, I had my head in my hands. I, I, I just don't understand. How do you not see him? Mm. How does nobody see him? It's fuck. It's bananas. Yeah. And again, that's in game management from, well, everybody. But is it is it Alison Van Dyke saying, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't really have to do it, but see that big fella over there? Can someone just? Yeah. Mark him for us. That, that, that'd be great. Who's I get? I think he. I think he might. I think I don't know who they've put on him. It might have been. It might have been Mane or someone. It? it was I, somebody. Somebody fucked up there because there's no way he should have that much space. A free header mm. and to be able to run through our six yard box yeah. is is just is just crackers. Yeah, and Allison's a bit unlucky in that sense. He tries to get in the right yeah, position. He just, he's just at, over and yeah, he's powered he's out him as well. Wallops it, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolute bollocks. Um, we tried to make a few changes. Uh, Callum obviously Thiago comes on. Shite. Uh, Okay, I thought I'll stick with you, stick with you on this. He <laughs> done. <laughs> said that he, he showed moments of of, of of passing and cutting out the midfield. As did, did Joe, as, as did Joe Matic, by the way. Joe Matic played one or two passes that just completely cut out both sets of midfield and played mm-hmm. it into feet. But again, playing you back to goal is quite difficult. Thiago seemed to do that, but again, it was he was shit. fanciful. He was wasteful in, in in some places as well. And you're thinking that was the one person on that bench. Who I thought, you know, we were lacking options. You could come on and make a difference to the game. Was him, and ultimately, in fact, it wasn't him at all. We were coming to the other person in a minute, but I expected more from Thiago. And, yeah. and so did you, by the sound of it, James. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so what, what more can you say? You've just said it all. Yeah, giving giving the ball away. Um, his his passes were short as well. I noticed there was quite a few times where you know, again, it's in game management. It's just, it's the, the speed of thought. I hate it. I hate it when I see a player open and the pass goes directly to them or behind them. You need it in front of you. You yeah. want it in front of you. If you want to control the pace of the game and dictate the, the speed of, of, of your attack, you can't be playing balls to people's feet. You've got to be thinking of where the, where the runner's going to be. And yeah. there was time, you know... There was definitely one to Trent on the right-hand side and it was just behind him. And by the time he took the touch and controlled it, Chance is gone. Yeah, I can't be asked. To, yeah. I can't be asked to talk about Thiago anymore. So okay, Callum, any thoughts on Thiago Alcantara? I would have to say, and, and I'm not here to, to defend everyone because James is right. Klopp did come out after the game and say because because a lot of people said want him to start because Fabinho, Hendo, Thiago just fucking sounds really nice, doesn't it? Like a, a good mm. midfield, but also he's coming back from an injury. Klopp said he didn't start because he's not had. I think he said like five weeks of preseason training. I think he was just throwing it out as, as a comment of he wasn't quite ready. But then we were forced to play him because we needed to try something different within in the game. So mm. maybe there's a bit of, you know, you don't have the sympathy at the time or or afterwards for James in James's case. But he wasn't match fit, so maybe maybe there was no plan to actually fucking play him. But we had to because nothing else was working. Yeah, I think that probably is the case. And I think this international break will probably do him the world of good. One thing I will say, I I mainly agree with James because I I was expecting a lot more from Thiago when he came on. 
However, when I watch him, it feels as though some of the players around him just stand there and admire him rather than making <laughs> runs sometimes. And it's like, all right, he's been at the club for a year now. Now, granted, you barely played with him because he's obviously had injuries and been really unlucky. But there's got to be a point where the the attack, as soon as the attackers at Bayern Munich saw Thiago on the ball, they weren't looking at him. They were sprinting in a certain direction and he was finding them. Whereas now it feels as though as soon as he gets the ball, everyone's looking at him saying, oh, me, me, pass to me. Where I'm like, no, get on your bike, get into space and let him find you because that's his game. But one thing I will say to Thiago, he really needs rhythm. He seems really out of sync mm. with the rest of the team. And I don't know how he gets that about playing games. But I think for him to get rhythm, I think we're going to see the worst of him before we see the best of him. But I don't know how detrimental that could be for our sort of title charge in some of the games he plays in. Not sure I'm ready for that. Um, two people that <laughs> did make a difference to the game, James. Surprisingly, um, I'm not sure whether this is harsh or not. One is David Carigi, who I was completely done with and kind of went, and I mean, he scored against AC Milan. I was like, okay, you know, we're clutching at straws here. We're playing David Carigi. Don't you dare say that you're done with Divock Carigi. Don't that's, that's, you dare. Has that never crossed your mind? Have you never been on one of these shows and gone, I'm done with Divock Carigi? How, how often does Divock Carigi let you down? Hey? Every week, James. Every week. When you need a mad goal, when yeah. you need something <laughs> mad to happen, you look at your bench and you think, "Who've we? We've only got fucking yeah. Divock." Yeah. Unfortunately, what? I don't live in 2019, 2020 anymore, James. <laughs> what? A, what a finish! And, and exactly. What a finish is wrong foot, bottom corner on the turn. The touch. The touch, touch and the turn. He only scores mad goals. He yeah. only does mad things. <laughs> And that's my only criticism that I can have of him yesterday is that he should have been on the pitch sooner. It's not a criticism to him, is it? It's a criticism of the Klopp's game management. I mean, look, he's probably... He's, I think he's the only positive from yesterday, isn't he? Really? Realistically? I think the other one that I, I had was was tacky and he's not in the same measure as Divikari because he, no. he doesn't score a goal. But when you're, when you're talking that nastiness and that, that impetus, yeah. there was a moment where it was, it was deep in our right-hand side and he's fighting, he's fighting, he's and he went, went, went to throw it. And I'm like, where, mm. the, yeah. where the fuck has that been for 85 yeah. minutes? Tacky looked yeah. angry. Yeah, I like an angry Tacky. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. But um, yeah, I thought Divock, he comes on. That definitely sounds like a euphemism, by the way. What? An angry Tacky. An angry Tacky. <laughs> Just going for an angry Tacky. <laughs> Don't mind me. Yeah. Um, no, look, Divock. Yeah, it's it's ex it's exactly what you want when you when a player like that comes on the field because all of a sudden it's 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 more what he does to your opposition than what it does for your team because we, your team know. Divock's always he's gonna he's gonna be in the right areas. He's gonna be give or take. He's gonna be in the right areas. He, he's good at finding a bit of space, and he's and, he, and he's 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 a big lad. Yeah. It's what it's it's more the terror that he puts in your opponents than it was what it is does what it does for you. Because all of a sudden they're like fucking out. We've you know we've spent we spent the last hour you know trying to mark Mohamed Salah out of the game, and now we've got this fella on the ball. Mm -hmm. It's it's mm -hmm. it's a nightmare, and you're absolutely right. I think you know if if. if, if Arguably, could have brought Divock on a lot earlier, and probably, you know, we pay a bit of a price for, for for not having that foresight and that bravery to go. Look, this isn't working. We need something to be changed now. And waiting, and, and when 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 was it that Divock came on? Was it the lots of stages? It was quite. Minutes, it yeah. was quite late yeah, on, wasn't yeah. it? You know, I just think you're three. What you're three one down. You know, I'd, I'd have thrown him on. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Callum? You put him on a little bit. Again, hindsight's a wonderful thing. He, he gets the goal. Are you, you literally, I know James is no joke, but you don't know what you're going to get with Divock Rigi when he comes on. I go, okay, yeah. sound. Same thing with AC Milan. I probably should have learned my lesson. Kind of went, okay, sound. See what he can do. I wasn't expecting much. And he, he gets a goal and puts in a good performance. But these are the people that need to step up for Liverpool in, in these situations 
whilst we've got injuries and whilst there's no Bobby Firmino for six weeks because we need performances from Taki, mm. we need performances from Divock Origi post-international break. And for the AFCONs potentially as well. But um, mm. I, I see, again, I'm not Divock's biggest fan. As a person, I love Divock to bits. As a footballer, he's very hit and miss for my liking. But this season, I've got to give him his credit. Like Again, barring the Preston game where he has a shocker, but um, again, manages to score like a scorpion back heel <laughs> air kick. Like, <laughs> um, he's actually has been good this season. And I think you look at how that game was going yesterday. And again, I, I, even though Divock Karigi's tall, I don't think he's a target man as such. But if we're going to put cross in the box and you've got someone who's six foot two, six foot three, it just puts the cat amongst the pigeons and it will open up space for someone else, even if a really doesn't get the ball. But I've got to be honest, the touch, the turn and the finish was absolutely brilliant. Like I I wasn't expecting that. And I do think there's an argument that does Origi potentially start a game or two now that Firmino's out and Jota and Mane rotate? I think there's an argument. Possibly. Now. You might have to rather than running Jota. So I, I, think, I also think as well, if that, if that chance at the end falls to Divock instead of uh, Sadio Mane, there's no way that Divock Origi misses that header. He absolutely buries that. Do you think he? that's poor from Sadio Mane or do you think it's hard because it, I think it's Dawson, it just jumps in front of him, it just comes over Dawson's head, he sees it late. I think I think cool. I've seen Sadio Mane score goals like that before, though. Yeah, you know. So I, I just I think it's yeah. I just think it's a bit poor. I thought he was poor yesterday. Yeah, um, he could have really the game with his foot as well. He did need to go for a diving header there. He could have taken a touch. Yeah, and he's got yeah. to do better with that yeah. early chance as well that he puts down the goalkeeper's throat. I mean, he's yeah. got the whole he's got the yeah. whole goal to aim at. That's that's you know that's your chance. That's what you're there for. You can't you can't Is that the one that Robert. Yeah, it's, it's the really, the really, really great yeah. move yeah. that ends up on on Sadio's boot, and, yeah. and you're just thinking, there's no way he can miss this, and he, he he sticks it straight at him, and you know that's what we do to opponents. You know, we 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 stifle them so much, and we give them so little of the ball, and so little, so so few opportunities that when they do have those opportunities, opposition players historically panic. And we've, you know, and, and in games like that, we got ourselves into a situation where our players are panicking because mm -hmm. they're because they're not getting the service and they're not getting the the, the, the free flowing. So so when they do get that opportunity, their heads snatching. Just, they just snatching yeah. at it. Yeah. Do you think he struggles in, in sides like that, James? Against sides like that, sorry, because it looks to me like he's when I see Man at his best, it's he stops with the ball, he drops the shoulder, goes goes past the man. But to the point you made before about Mohamed telling him adapting his game, he can't do that. He can't stop and go and, and cut inside when he's. He's trying to go to the byline. Okay, there's two people there. I want to cut inside. Oh, there's two, there's three people there. His, his options are what he's, he's limited in what he can do, isn't he? Yeah, and but but again, it all comes back to the midfield. It all comes back to the midfield. I think I think you solve them this way. You know, I don't think necessarily a midfield problem, but you know, you fix our midfield. You know, going forward, maybe we have to get someone in, in January. I know that's. It's going to be a, a you know a debate that's going to rage on, and 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 there's going to be a lot said, and I think. I can't imagine a world where we don't get a new midfielder in January now. I, mm -hmm. I, I think with the Afcon and with everything that's going on, and with you know Harvey Elliott out, and with Thiago still struggling for fitness, Jordan Henderson is never far away from another Keita. Uh, Naby Keita again. Another you know we, we we're in a situation now where we really do need another midfielder, and I think if you I, I think mm -hmm. you I think you fix that, and I think you start seeing the best of Sadio Mane, and I think you start seeing the best of of Trent Alexander Arnold. You know because. Yeah. That's you know you need that midfield, <clears throat> excuse me, and we're just not we're just not there at the moment. Which was the conversation in the summer? 
which was a conversation in the summer. <laughs> Jarrod Bowen get on, on speed dial. Um, <laughs> Callum, I think we're all glass half full people here, or I certainly like to think so. It's not cause to kind of lose our heads. I think it's been disappointing when you, you know, you got you got a high in the Champions League, then you draw to you obviously beat Man United, then you draw to Brighton, then you you lose this game as well. You know, we're fourth in the league. The disappointing thing yesterday is obviously we, we dropped the place. West Ham now ahead of us uh, on 23 points. We're on 22 points. It's still relatively close at the top of the table, but now we're in a situation where fixtures are going to come thick and fast after this international break. International breaks are shit as they are. Now the mood's going to be quite low and, you know, obviously depressing on Twitter because that's what that's for. But Liverpool need to pick themselves back up and start picking up some some bodies back into into the conversation and, and you know, hit the ground running when we come back. Agreed. And yeah, I think when you go on international break, if you go on an international break after a win, you kind of feel as though you've broken your momentum. If you go on an international break on a loss, you feel, oh, you haven't got a chance to get that back straight away. So I think it's just one of those cases where you just deal with it now. We've we've kind of dissected it. The, the team and Klopp and the coaches should have dissected it by now. I think you use this international break to work on different patterns of play, to try and get players back fit and firing. Don't give up on the league. Like I'm, I'm seeing on Twitter and I'm seeing on other channels and our channel comments, people saying the league's done. The league's not done. I'm not sitting here saying we're going to win it, but four points off top, the league's not done. It can't be done with 11 games in, four points off the top. Is it going to be difficult to win the league? Yeah, but it was going to be difficult from the first minute of the first game. I think now we just need to literally get back to the Liverpool that we are, start putting pressure on teams, start speaking more on the pitch, start being who we are. Klopp, I feel, needs to be a little bit more ruthless with some of the personnel in the team, not saying to just bin players. And again, less as fans stop being so reactionary. If Robbo has a bad game, that doesn't mean the guy's done. He's just having a bad game as a human being who plays football. Doesn't mean he's gone from being the best left-back to the worst left-back now. We just, as a fan base, we need to be less reactionary as a team, we need to be more proactive. And I think we get that balance right and I think we make a charge for it. Mm. It's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, obviously, being a social media manager, I see that quite a lot as what Carmen just said mm. there. People presenting um, opinions as fact of going out of the league's done. Well, it's not done. I get the frustration oh, of the performances and the, and the results, James, but also it being quite interesting because I've got uh, around the league this afternoon just going to talk to a Man City fan and a Chelsea fan to see if their fans are, are similar. But also, do we concentrate too much? I know we're a Liverpool fan channel, but do, do fans concentrate too much on their own team and go, well, we've, we drop points to Brighton, we drop points to, to West Ham, that's it, the league's done. But actually, Chelsea just drew it home to Burnley. And the week before, Man City lost at home to Crystal Palace. You know, these, these seasons of 97, 98, 100 odd points, it's, you know, just been astronomical in, in the past few seasons, have raised everybody's expectations and don't realise that there's room for. To, to drop points and again every game is must win and the pressure's on you want your team to do well and you want to completely piss the league like we did when we, when we won it but also I think I'm old enough and mature enough and you know I've been a fan long enough to go well actually you can you can lose games of football but you can still you can still you still still win the league football's an emotional game isn't it and and yeah. you know you you never you're never gonna you're never gonna lose that but I think and I, 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 there's nothing there's nothing wrong in my mind with 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 following a loss like that to to um, you know. There's nothing wrong with taking to social media and saying to your friends, our oh, league's done, it's all fucked, it's all, you know, it's all, that's, that's, I think that's, that's a natural reaction to losing to, to West Ham and David Moyes. Like, I was pissed off. But you have to look at, you have to have a little bit of context and you have to have a little look around the league and you have to look, have a, look a little look at what's coming up. If you look at the Christmas fixture list, 
Like I'm, I've just got it in front of me here. We've got Aston Villa, we've got Newcastle, we've got Tottenham, we've got Leeds, we've got Leicester. Those are all winnable games. Mm-hmm. Those that we've had, we've historically we've had far harder Christmas fixture periods than that. And you look down, you know, Chelsea have got a tough run. Uh, um, City, I'm sure, have got some teams they're yeah. not looking forward to playing. I can't remember offhand, but I know City have got a couple of real tricky ones over the Christmas period. If we're if we're still round about where we are now, going into December. You know, ask, ask me again in four or five weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Assuming that we fixed some of these some of these issues, we we you know they've they, we've taken to the training ground and looked at defensive fragility that we've had. You know, we 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 we've managed to sort of you know strengthen that midfield a little bit and get them moving and get them playing and looked at different options. All of a sudden, you're going into December and you're winning three or four of those games. We're only a point off the top then, and it, it, and we've still got half a season left to play. It's still really it's really really important for a little bit of context. Yeah. despite losing to Davy Moyes. Yeah, and to add to that context, Callum, just final point before we go, if we qualify top of the group in the Champions League, and I know Klopp's come out and said, are we in X, Y, Z from, from winning these, these yeah, games? He's got to say yeah, that. Exactly that, but also bollocks to it, because I'm sure you get a hell of a lot more money by winning the league league title as well, so we've got room for manoeuvre to rotate, and I'm really sorry if you go into AC Milan away, like I'm very jealous of you going to the San Siro, but if you're going to there to watch Tyler Morton and his tricky reds, so fucking be it. Yep, completely agree. Couldn't have said it any better. The reason you try and qualify from the group as soon as possible is so you can rotate the squad. I do not care about UEFA. I do not care about how the other teams feel about it. I don't care if one team wants a favour from us. Tough. We did what we had to do. Football, you have to be selfish sometimes. We have to focus on our team. And again, if I was going to the San Siro and I knew that Tyler Morton was playing and Nico and a few other players... As a Liverpool fan, in my opinion, you should be happy with that because you know what? The team's qualified and they've done what they needed to do. Go and enjoy the night out, go and enjoy the town, and you, you come back and you reset. Enjoy the San Siro while it's still there as well. I'm pretty sure yeah. should, should really go one day. Should have made the most of it. Um, thank you very much. I feel loads better after that talking to you too. Thanks. <laughs> it was cathartic, it was therapy. <laughs> you might two therapists. Um, are you free afterwards? You've got some other issues that I need to talk through. You've got some relationship or emotional issues that you want to chat to. Yeah, not relationship, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been, no, not, been doing No Not November for four years, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know this is live on YouTube, right? Yeah, members. Shocking. Ooh, anyway, uh, thank you to you at home yeah, for listening <laughs> and for watching. Uh, I'm going to go home and cry into my pillow. Um, we'll be back with the Randall League this afternoon and there's a whole host of content. If you're new to uh, Redman Plus, please do peruse around. There's obviously a host of um, documentaries and exclusive interviews to keep you busy joining us in international break. So that means that you don't have to watch England play shitty football. Uh, we'll be back very soon and thank you again. See you soon. Ciao.